Welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week you are in for an absolute cracker. Psychology is one of the most important things when it comes to making money, but not just simply making money, succeeding at any endeavor in life. You're gonna get inside the head of a true world champion as you see what it takes to get to the absolute top of the heap. So don't take plenty of notes, make sure you take plenty of action and enjoy this show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and a bit of a change up in the lineup this week. Uh, this week we have a very special guest, and the term champ is one that gets thrown around a lot in Australian conversations. Oh, he's a champ, he's a great bloke. This time I'm blessed to be in the company of a genuine champ, the current IBO World Super Worldweight Boxing Champion of the World, my good friend, client, and no doubt about it, champ, Dennis Hogan. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thank you very much, Andrew. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's good to have you in. It's been a, I think we've probably known each other now for what, probably maybe five, six years. Would that be about right? Yeah, well, t- 2016, I think we met for the first time. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And uh, I, I use different metrics in life so we can talk about years or I think between us, it's probably seven children. You've got two girls yourself now. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, fun times being a dad, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's it. You know, if you thought you'd free time, you know, before that all changes and, you know, it, well, if anything, it actually makes you a little bit more uh, good with your time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, but it's a great thing, you wouldn't change it and uh, it makes you work harder as well. <laughs> Definitely, well, having a great work ethic is what it takes to get to the absolute top of the pole, which you've done in your career. And what I'd like to try and explore with our time together today is probably different to what a lot of people would think. I want to get into the psychology of your particular game and I want to look at the parallels between yeah, the fight game and, and trading and investing, which sometimes can feel like you're fighting the market too. And I guess in doing that, a lot of people, very few people have ever climbed into the square ring, climbed through the ropes and I know what that really feels like. And uh, as a kid, I was I was very lucky. I had the opportunity to box and actually my, my coach, Ricky Porter, who uh, was the British World of Weight Champion, so similar weight division to yourself, back there in Swindon uh, was who I uh, had the chance to get in and have a bit of a go with it. And and it's very, very different to what I ever expected. Yeah, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> very true quote that. So. Um, it's actually a thinking man's sport. A lot of people don't think that, yeah? It's poor man's chess, but it's a very strategic sport, boxing. Tell us, I guess, how important strategy is on top of the obvious physicality of what the sport is. Well, look, I, you know, when you're in there and you're sparring, you know, working your way up from amateur, you, you, you tend to just do it so much that it starts to become, um, you know, sort of like programmed in, you know, you're you're in there, you're working hard and it's very hard to hit people, you know, it, it really is. And you've got to start setting that up. And um, the main, the funny thing about that is if you're going in consciously drilling yourself, like consciously trying to do it, it, you can almost start making more mistakes. You have to nearly, it's called a zone. You have to get in the zone. You have to watch your opponent, what he's doing. And you have to start to figure out where the chinks in his armor are, but you've got to do it at a very fast pace. And you've got to do it at the risk of taking bigger blows to your body at the same time. So um, so throughout doing all of that for a very, very long time, you start to develop patterns. And, and that's one thing that I am, that's it's my best attribute uh, is, is patterns. I'm very good at patterns, um, and especially in the ring. And then, you know, when you talk about strategy, when you go professional, especially, it's uh, you, you. You then see what what my strengths are, 
uh, uh, my opponent's strengths and weaknesses are and we try to use that against them and um, strategy is absolutely everything and that's how I live my life through, through, through strategy and experience. Mm. Patterns are a, <coughs> a really interesting thing. A lot of people have the idea that that successful trading for example is about numbers and I'd certainly refute that based on my experience it is all about spotting patterns because I guess once you've identified a pattern it tends to repeat because it's a habit mm. and if it's an opponent that's got a habit or a pattern that you can identify you can get in behind it and 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 do what you need to do on the on the on the offensive I would imagine yeah that's well that's it and you know there's you know it's a clear sign that that is the case because you know for for me that I'm good at it because you know I've won nearly all of my fights you know mm. apart from a few big ones but um but it it does literally come down to mm. that yeah so professional career now what 15 years you had a quite a long amateur career too yeah I had a 160 amateur fights um that spanned from the, uh, my first, you know, I went to the gym from the age of five or six. My grandfather mm. was the local coach. Uh, first underage fight at eight, which is funny because I remember the gloves were actually down to my elbow. We just get <laughs> in and swing. <laughs> Competitive fight at 11, uh, and then from 11 to, to 25, 26, I went professional. I have uh, 34 wins, um, sorry, 31 wins, four losses and one draw. Mm -hmm. So It's a great record and as I say, current and soon hopefully to be long-lived uh, welterweight champion, uh, super welterweight champion of the world, I should say. Yeah. The journey go on. I mean, it's, it's an unforgiving one and I think to an extent trading can be the same. When you're wrong, it's very obvious that you're wrong in the market and I guess it is in the ring too when you've copped, a, copped some punishment. There's also, I guess, talking of strategy and notion, certainly in the stock market where there's a time to be aggressive and, and really push hard, and then there's a time to, I'm not gonna say back away and retreat, that's not the term, but back off a little bit and either drop the pace or step back and re-gauge and reset. Yeah. yeah, and when you're in a good trending market, you can be very aggressive. When you're in a really choppy or more difficult market, it's a good time to regroup. How does that compare to, to being in the ring? Yeah, look, I mean, that's in the ring, you're dead right, and when you say, step back there's sometimes you got to step back and, and and reassess everything but you, you you know you can do it quite smart because it's all ebbs and flows and it's all momentum mm. uh, i always say boxing is all about momentum uh, in terms of you know say say uh, i was to f say i was to fight you tomorrow um a lot of that will come down to you know if we were on par a lot of that will come down to how you've gone in your last few fights how I've gone is my confidence up, is yours just down. You could be better than me, but you might have lost your last fight. And uh, your confidence could be down a little bit. So um, all these factors all really just come in. And, uh, and it's very important to just assess where you are in that moment. And, um, you know, after a loss, it's a good idea to come back and get somebody at a bit of a lower level and, uh, and, and, and have a good win there. And that just sets you back up again, you know. Mm. So for me, I, I had gone, I had gone through two two losses, um, and uh, and you know, but people were still offering me big money for big fights, and I was like, nah, 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 this is. We need to step back, and we need to pull it back. We actually pulled back. We got a guy who also fought for a WBC world title a couple of years back. He had a better, he had a bigger, bigger win record than I had, and um, we were in around the same age, and it was just a perfect fight at that time. And that was the winning streak that got me to where I am now, world mm. champion. So mm. that was the perfect time to step back and assess and stop just going for those those world champion type fighters mm. um, and just pull it back. And, and now I'm a world champion through making good decisions. It's really interesting. You know, 
again, a lot of people when they look at things, oh, it's an easier fight. You're taking a sideways move. You know, you've lost your mojo. And and trading again can be very similar to that. If you've come off the back of, um, you know, a couple of trades that haven't worked out so well, and you've been giving yourself literally a financial hiding on it, that notion of jumping straight back in and doing the same thing over again is crazy. Mm. And, and taking that sideways step and going, okay, let's reset, explore what what went wrong in. in in the previous encounter that didn't work out too well. Regroup from it, use it as a live fire exercise to check that your processes are working. So maybe take a trade that's lower volatility, trending a little bit more strongly and, and, and get that tail wagging again and then mm. back in and push forward. It's not a sign of weakness, that's called being smart. Yeah, well that's it. And I, you know, the way you explained it there, I was thinking it, it is the exact same thing. Mm. It's the exact same thing. And mm. it is being smart too. Mm. Yeah, you know, and the role of psychology in all of this, I think, is is so so important. And I want to maybe shift gears a little bit and and talk a little bit about resilience. So, in terms of you got a very early start with the gloves on. At what point did you come to the realization that your goal, and I'm assuming it was your goal, was to become the world champ? At what age were you? How did that goal come about? And 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 how strong was it? Well, for me, it was. Um it actually, I was a slow starter, like, oh, when I say that, there was one, so I started very, very good and very fast, and I, I could actually stop guys, I've stopped guys in like 30 seconds and mm. all that kind of thing when I was a kid, because I had that, that early, as we got older and we um, and we started becoming, you know, like later teens and that men, it was a lot harder to do that, because mm. we were all good and physical at, at that point, but, um, but, Every time I would get to the national stadium for the for the national championships, I got up in my head about stuff. And even if someone, you know, and I, I, I usually win my first fight in the prelim, or it's called yeah, it's just the one before the semi-finals. And then I'd, I, I'd meet, you know, a, a, an Irish champion or something there. And um, I'd end up getting beaten. And I might have beaten that guy before in a tournament somewhere else. Something was going on for me mentally that I, that I blocked that I, I couldn't shake. And this went on for like 10 years. And mm -hmm. It was only when I finally said, I was fed up going to, I was already boxing on the Irish team before being an Irish, an, an Irish champion. It was, it was so bizarre. And um, there was one time where I just said, I am fed up with this. I just literally got, I just said, I'm, I, am the, I am already the Irish champion this year. I'm going in, 16 guys weighed in this time. And, uh, and I came out number one because that was the year I just, I said to myself, this is it. And so mm. I, I tuned in, <laughs> I tuned in, I said, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not taking this anymore. And I believed that I was going to win it. Mm. And it happened that I won it and I beat some good fellas along the way that time. Um, so I learned something about myself. I thought, okay, you really have to back yourself. Like you really have to, and you got to go all in. So uh, I learned, that was a, a massive lesson I learned then and then I, Start was, was there, a, was there a, a specific catalyst you remember that, that was the thing that hit the switch on? Well, it was, it was because uh, there's, a, uh, there's a, a female fighter in Ireland right now called Kelly Harrington and she won the Olympics and she won a world championship uh, for Ireland. And we were we were in we were in Birmingham and we were leaving after after fighting we, we, Ireland versus England, and she said there's a book called uh, The Secret. She <laughs> said give that a read, and uh, I I I remembered it. But when the book I didn't go looking for it then, but when the book finally did come past me, I read it and I thought, oh God, so that that was my issue. I I never forget this moment I had reading the book. It said you got to feel as if you are, 
And I remember standing at my grandfather's door about to go in at the night, well, just before we went up to Dublin for the, or it was the night before I went and stayed there, before we went up to Dublin for the for the Irish Championships. And I remember seeing a shooting star and wishing I would be the Irish champion. And I said, I had it all wrong. I was wishing I would be rather than believing I am already. And that's the mistake that I made. And once I started to see that it was about embracing those feelings and seeing it already, then I was onto something. After that, it was really about going after the things you wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, and up to this point, I've been able to make nearly everything a reality. So um, so that was a turning point for me. You know, that's, that's an interesting one. And books sometimes can be, yeah, whether you're a reader or not, sometimes it's something you pick up. And The Secret's a great book. John Azraf's a good buddy of mine. And, and, and I see the profound impact that he's had in his professional career with so many people in that belief system. Yeah. And, and then when you look at, I guess, sort of habits and, and goal setting, everyone sets a goal around a theme or to have something. But it's the habit, the daily training, the discipline, uh, the focus that starts to make that goal a reality. It's okay, wanting something, but you've got to have those steps toward it. But once it becomes your identity, as you say, when you see yourself as being the champion, perhaps even before you are, the belief is in there. That's the identity that you then have. Yeah. That's a very, very strong goal to well, set. Well, you're right. And and that means now the bars appear at all times. Mm. Uh, I actually had a moment where I, I walked in. Um, my grandfather... Tattoo of my grandfather there, his very last words to me was, give it everything you've got. He, right? So he said, he knew his party at the time, he said, give up that drink, son, and give it everything you've got. So at that point I did. I gave up, I didn't drink for eight or nine years. And, um, but I walked in, when he said it to me at first, it didn't, it didn't, didn't land. It was only after I, and my, that draw that I had was actually in my third fight. And then um, we went home, my grandfather was sick, but he never, he was in a coma, I didn't get to speak to him. I left, and when I left, he, he then passed away. And um, so the last words he ever did say to me was, give it everything you've got. So then it actually hit me. It was nearly like as if I felt a thump. And mm. I thought, jeez, I've got to do this now. Like, I really have. So I walked in, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, I am the world champion. I just looked at myself, and I said, I visualized myself, and I said, I am the world champion, and now every decision I make from here till I'm world champion is going to be that of a world champion. And I'm going to, you know, Dennis, go out tonight. Like, Dennis, do this. Dennis, do that. And is this what a world champion be doing? A lot of times it's not. So mm-hmm. just didn't do it. And, and yeah. I just lived that life. And like, as, as I said, the bar was up here now, mm-hmm. you know? And it's paid off in space. You look at where you're at, and uh, it must be a rarefied view uh, as the as the, at the apex of of, of your sport. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about resilience because any journey to a level of success, whatever endeavour it might be, in usually comes with a series of challenges. The stuff that's plain sailing and too easy isn't a big enough goal. Yeah. And I want to talk about two things, and neither of them are particularly pleasant to bring up because I know one of them really does still ranker you and that's if we take a look at the investment world for a moment like there are lots of things that can go wrong in people's journey you can be in a scam and be robbed by somebody and a lot more of that's happening in the cyber world these days you hear it all the time or you can just be in a dud investment that that doesn't perform or maybe you weren't at your best when you picked it whatever it might be and if we try and perhaps draw a a parallel with your career let's go back to to mexico and i know it's not a, a fun one for you to think about because Effectively, you were robbed. Uh, a lot of people use that as an excuse, but anyone that knows anything about boxing knows that you won that fight by a country mile. And and yet the local Mexican, voted for by the Mexican judge around the ring, got the win. 
how do you bounce back from that? Well, there's um, well, there's two things about that. The first one is I'm actually I'm I'm on video saying afterwards in the dressing room, Channel Seven was there and that, and Chris Gary was there. They were doing an interview, and um, someone else had a phone, and um, and I just said, you know what? Tonight I became world champion, and I said, so I'm a champion in here, and now it's only a matter of time before I see the belt here. So, um, so there's, it's, it's an unwavering, unshakable goal that it's going to be the outcome, and that's just uh, almost just ignoring that as a distraction that it was. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and and you know, and then and then after that, it was I went. You know, I was even even throughout the the, the pandemic, I got a, an exemption to go over to Vegas uh, to to fight a, a world title eliminator again and. Effectively, I was there for seven weeks, and my my opponent got COVID, so I had to come home and sit in hotel quarantine and all that. But as I was out there too, everyone was like, "Oh, you're the guy that got ripped off." I I start becoming as the, known as the guy who got ripped off. So I said, "That that that can't be my. That's not your identity. That's not no. my identity. It didn't feel right." And I said, "Now I'm going to be the guy who." Who, who that happened to and, and still kept going and got there and mm. and that was my identity and, and it showed up. Yeah. You know, last October we, we won the world championship and, and now I'm the guy that that that, that overcame the odds and, and did it anyway. So if we can take a step back prior to, to winning your championship and that was the, the Tim Tazoo fight. Yeah. And uh, and that would be a tough one. I know from our conversations you went into that you had an injury going into into camp and then subsequently into the fight. And, uh, and and that fight resulted in a stoppage. And I guess if we if we use the investment terminology again, I guess it wasn't the best version of you that was in the ring. The best version you could give on the night was there, but the best version of you wasn't there. I'd imagine on the back of that, and it was a physical fight, um, a lot of people would have said, Dennis, maybe it's time uh, and try and get in your head. Is that something you experienced with maybe not the right people around you, but people around you would, well, would yeah, start to no, say that something? Well, yeah, no, I, I can answer that. Um, so w one of my best friends, we, you know, we go catch up, have coffee, whatever. And he just said to me, uh, he didn't plan saying this, I know. He just said, he goes, have you thought about what you'd like to do after boxing? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that just, it's like the moment froze for me because my identity was so strong as a boxer, as the world champion. And I thought, oh, we're having this conversation, you know? And um, that, like, for me, it was just, let's go again. Like, we're just going again, we're going again. But for me, then, I actually sat back and I thought, wow, you know, close friends, even maybe my family is starting to, you know, maybe it is, whatever. And I just said, you know what? You know, looking back at the Tim fight, I'll just say that, you know, um, had, had he beaten me anyway, all good, but broke my nose six weeks out. And um, it certainly wasn't the best Dennis Hogan that could have been in there. And, um, you know, Dennis Hogan, that you, any fight you watch, you'll never ever see me get tired. Mm. In that fight, I was, I was very tired in even the third round. So mm. um, uh, camp was, was thrown on its head, but I, I wanted it so badly. Yeah. You know, and uh, unfortunately, I listened to people. Cause people were like, this could be your last time to, to get a big fight like this. And I should never have listened to exterior things. I shouldn't have really took the fight at that time. Mm. But I did. And, I, and, and, uh, he had a win, but but again going back, I said, I said I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna give it one more go, and I'm gonna learn from all these yeah. uh, everything. And and if it's not to be, I can live with that. Mm -hmm. But I still inside knew I would win a world championship, yeah. and we went for it and got it. So, so let's go to the night in question, and the ref lifts your arm up and you're introduced. How did that feel? 
Yeah, un- yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, I got just got goosebumps there again thinking about it because I'd visualized it for so so long. Mm. You know, it was in- it was incredible to to finally get there. But again, after that moment happened, and it was like, because for me, it wasn't about it wasn't about you know, oh, I'm the champion of the world now. It was just the fact that it it, it sort of w- was given to me, but yet taken back already. It was like I just finally got my hands. It's like I got a brand new car and someone took it away on me. And and then you know and then they and then they brought it back and I was driving it again. Yeah. So that's what it felt like for me. Yeah. Uh, and then, but you know, by the time we got back to the change rooms and everything else was happening, it was already like it was like yeah, this is this is how you know this is me, this is my belt here, and and you know and it was worth it was worth going back and doing it again because the story the story as well that it's given, I'm sure it's you know to anyone. For you know, especially with with Mitch and MJB, and you know, it's about inspiration. And when you finally get there, it's about passing the ladder back down. Mm. And um, I think that my story will, when it's when it's told properly, I think it should inspire lots of people to just not give up and keep going. Mm. It's an interesting one. Uh, like a man with a dream won't be denied. There's uh, is the quote, and I guess it's so true. And even when you're in the face of some decent adversity, which in your industry isn't numbers on a sheet, it's getting clocked in the head and there's all the physical risk that goes alongside that, not necessarily mm-hmm. financial. It's pretty hard to just say, no, I believe in myself, especially I guess if you know, there are people that can get in your ear around there. Do you have like an inner circle, obviously you've a coach and trainer, do you have like an inner circle that you talk to that really help you with your mental focus on, mm-hmm. on what it's about or is that just something uh, that you have within yourself. Yeah, look, I I, I have built that. To be fair, mm. but every now and again there's curveballs, and I have the right people there. And yeah. I do have a very small circle, and and it's 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 great. It's it's exactly what you need. Mm. There's somebody that I can talk to about anything. So. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, if you're the if you're the, we, the smartest person in the room, um, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You've got to have people around you that can give you that guidance and expertise. But I guess ultimately it's also you that's climbing through the ropes. And it's you that has to deliver. So how do you handle the pressure of that with a family to support, a wonderful wife, yeah. a team, the weight of that belt around your waist being the world champion, there's an awful lot of pressure. So how do you separate that pressure to focus on the task at hand rather than the emotional push that can sometimes come with all of that? Yeah, look, uh, like, you know, and I don't get it. I was only saying I don't get this much anymore. I used to get, you know, people jump on and they'd question your ability. Yeah. And I, I love that because then, I'll save it and I'll pull it up on my phone. I'll read the comment before I go training mm. and that gets me up, you yeah. know. I'll train well anyway, but I use all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I have that go in me and, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just always there. But, um, you know, like you can use any sort of uh, uh, inspiration to, to get you going, keep you going. Um, you know, I've been very, very sort of aware um, as well with, with family and time and everything else. but. I, I am still boxing at my best uh, and you know because it is a dangerous sport and um, a lot of people want to get in do the best they can and get out you know I could be sitting there and something will come up about fights on, on top rank and you're literally seeing two guys fight and one guy just completely rendered unconscious mm. and, and before I'd won the title I'm like am I, am I really doing this still I just yeah. flick off Mm. Real quick and say, you know, I've got, a, I've got, a, I have an affirmation. I have a great chin, very strong body. I dodge all punches. I'm too quick, and I just move on from the thought. Yeah. You know. So can we just go back to that? So you, you have an affirmation that you use on yourself mm. to give yourself that mental tune up. Yeah. Because again, for mere mortals, 
looking at someone that's getting in a, a ring and about to cop some punishment, it's got to take some serious confidence in your skill and your ability. Yeah. Walk us through the mental prep, if we can dive into that from, say, gloved up, you're in the changing room. Yeah. Maybe, how many people do you have in the changing room just prior to going in the ring? about five or six. Right, so you get cuts man, corner man, and, 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 and trainer. Pad, yeah, fellow do the pads, and you know, if someone, some sponsors will walk in and say hello and that, but in the last 15 minutes, just everyone's just Everyone's close. Yeah, yeah. So what goes through your head then, there's you and the gloves and... and, you, and you know, you're sitting there and you're like, this is my whole life, you know, you really know that this is the pressure of, and not just me, my family now too, so mm. it's like, um, I know I can win this fight, but it's boxing, anything can happen. So you, you, you're sort of faced with that adrenaline. Mm. That, but again, like I say, I use that adrenaline. So I'll take it back to fight week. So fight week, everything is just a process, right? Um, when I'm in a, in a ring sparring, in the last three to four spars is always when things come, like I'm really on now. And my, my coach always says, he goes, it's always in the last three weeks, you become near flawless. Mm. And so I've seen what I can do and I know what I can do. We've got a great plan and that's all good. Now, every now and again, someone will start talking about the fight and your body will, will start to physiologically react to that. And you'll start to feel what people call nerves. It's adrenaline. And if you let that feeling stay and linger, it will burn you out mm. and you'll be doing yourself a disservice and your opponent a big, a, a big favor. So I know how to just go, see myself as winning and drop it and I can just calm my body like that and mm. that will keep going until fight week then you're starting to make weight and you're in that process visualise winning especially if so I don't let the adrenaline take over at all now you get these feelings but when I get into the, into the change room and I'm sitting there even on fight day it'll start to happen deep breaths when, when I start to get my hands wrapped that's when it starts to come on and I let it and it nearly feels like it lifts me to the ceiling with adrenaline. Mm. And once I get my hands wrapped and I feel, and I'm just like, jeez, I feel, I feel dangerous. Mm. And I'm like, now let the adrenaline come. Because right. now is where it is. Because if you go in and spar, you're going to fight without adrenaline, you're not going to be any good. Mm. Adrenaline is there for a reason. And so with all of that will come, a thought will come, oh, if you don't lose this, where do you go? And people think, you know, that could be if someone's an anxious person, they'll think they're feeling like that because of the thought. They're not. They're, they're, it's the feeling that's coming up and the thoughts are arising, but really it's just adrenaline that's preparing you to win this fight. And that's that's the way I look at it. And the more nervous I feel, the more I know I'm going to perform. And that's mm -hmm. how I how I fine tune, you know, because if you let yourself go down that rabbit hole, even leave you alone for 30 seconds, you can talk yourself into losing that fight. Yeah. You can say, I might, this guy is, my last opponent retired three world champions. Mm. Uh, Polly Malinaji, um, you might have heard of him, everyone probably has. Um, Carlos Molina, the IBF world champion, mm. and Frankie Gavin, an English world champion. And they all got in with him, and he he, he retired, like he, he beat them, he knocked them out, and they never ever fought again. Mm. And I was, was going to be his fourth. Uh, and, and he got that wrong. Yeah, Pick that's right. That's right. That's it. And you know, even in Mexico, I'll never forget this moment. Jaime Munguia was knocking everybody out, and um, we went in, and my coach was going back over the game plan, and I just stopped for a second. Again, I have these freezing time moments. There's sixteen plus thousand people up there. They're all screaming for him. This guy has been knocking everybody out, and early, and I'm about to go out there. I could be lying on my back in front of the whole world. Mm. you know and uh, or, or broken ribs or whatever it is 
And then I just went, nah, I've got this. And I was like, just sushing back in and then back on with the game plan. And I can just control that feeling. Mm. So I think it's going back a little while now, probably about maybe 12 or 13 years ago, I did a, a, a tour around with Mike Tyson and got to spend quite a bit of time with Mike. And, and we talked specifically about that journey from being in the dressing room to in the ring. And he said the closer he got to the ring, the more confident he got. And he said it carried a fear, you know, a fear of being humiliated. Mm. But the closer he got to the ring, the stronger and more confident he was when he was in the ring. I'm a god. Mm. And that mental, that change in tone, everything that he said, it, it was like almost knocked me out listening to it. Yeah. So how do you control that surge in adrenaline? Let me get at him. I can't wait to get my, get my hands on the guy to take a step back then and go, okay, we're up, the adrenaline is there, we're focused, we've trained, we're in the right place. But how do you stick to your strategy? Or is it an element of reaction well, as well? Well, I'll, I'll make it even more intriguing for you. You're in the ring and you're doing well, you're boxing very well, and then they have a surge of energy and you just have a lull and it'll happen. Mm. Maybe around five or six, your legs will go dead. There is a wall there, mm. your legs will go dead or something will happen and he'll surge in and, he, and he'll land a good few shots on you or he may hit your body shot and you've got to suck in some air. In that moment, uh, this is the truth, this is exactly what happened. Uh, he hit me one or two body shots before that I felt. They were very sore, they were sucking air, but there was one he hit me and I had to wait for those two seconds to see if I was going to drop. Mm. And uh, and I knew, I knew that I was going to have a lull for, for about 10 seconds, but I could not let him see it. So instead of walking backwards and trying to get a break, because he knew he landed, he felt it on his knuckle. Mm. What I did was I started to pretend to move forward on him mm. and he started to walk back. <laughs> so I started moving forward. I had no intention in engaging. Mm. And either he came at me, I already moved off. But I gave him the illusion. But um but but that was for me, that was to just to do that. And then as I had him going backwards, I then took that time then to assess what's my next move? What's my body like? Okay, you're getting your breath back. Okay, you don't want to take any more of those. So how do we avoid doing that? Okay, well, what we'll do is we'll faint, we'll move to the left, we'll move away from the hand and we'll hook him on the way out and we'll buy ourselves another 20 seconds while still winning the round. And you just take those few seconds to assess. And, you know, if I hadn't come up with a smart plan, I might have ran for another while till the next, uh, till the next uh, objective uh, and little strategy came into my head. This is really interesting because, again, someone that hasn't been in the ring, it's a very hard thing to understand. And if you've watched watched the sport, you still can't understand what's going on in the head uh, mm. of the fighter at the time. And it shows that, as I said right at the start, you know, a lot of people you know refer to boxing as poor man's chess, and it is a very very strategic sport. Mm. You can't go all out and burn out. You, you you can't cop it. It's that balance in the middle, and that I guess maintenance of control mentally that you're the ascendant in the fight irrespective of whether you are or not that that sort of bluster i suppose uh, until you recover from taking a shot and then put the pressure back on again yeah in terms of investing one of the most dangerous things that we see in our space because there are so many parallels to this dennis insofar as probably the most dangerous time is when you feel overconfident in markets yeah. in a fight situation have you seen an opponent that's perhaps got overconfident before you've ended the fight for them? Well, you know, it's true as they say, they say, uh, be humble or get humbled, mm. you know? And even when I'm going into a spar, I always get that adrenaline. Right? It feels like nerves, but it's adrenaline because even if I'm going in against anybody, like I've gone in one day, I got some good news and things were good and I came in chirpy, 
you know, and, and I wasn't myself. I didn't have that adrenaline. And I got in and I copped some shots. I got, had a headache after and didn't box my best. And, um, um, you know, I, I, essentially, what was it? Well, you weren't at your best. Um, so you weren't assessing the situation 100%. And you weren't, you know, just a little bit anxious, a healthy anxious to not make the wrong move. Mm. And you're over your truth sometimes when you shouldn't have. And, uh, mm. you know, just because you, you know, and um, so it's, is that a self-imposed pressure you put on yourself, or you feel like you need to be busier in the round, or or or, or well, you're, well, you're chasing in, the fight? What, what? In this exact example, I'm I'm saying what you're saying in terms of um, of being overconfident. Yep. You know, just doing that little bit too much. You mm. know, because when you sit back and you get right back to balance again, and you you feel humble, and you know this guy, you're giving him his credit. He's dangerous, just like the market would be dangerous, and you're doing all these things. You get in the zone. And then, and then that's when you do your best boxing and you'll do things really good anyway. But if you're sitting there, you're not on the zone and you're overconfident, you know, you're going to cop a big shot. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Even when I was speaking inside, I said something that was confident and I looked for wood to say touch wood. Because mm. if, I'm, if I'm not humble, I know that life humbles me instantly. It's, yeah. just, it's just the way it's been for me. Mm. And uh, it'll happen to me in every... In every I, I, I think that's a really interesting quote in that it's not... It's not putting yourself down when you say that either, because being humble is actually the ultimate sign of strength because you're choosing to be humble. Mm. And that's a massive sign of strength when you can dial yourself back like that. In terms of, I guess, the future for you, you've kicked a goal that you've had and carried for, I'm not going to give your age away, but for a number of decades of being a world champ, you've achieved that. What's next? What's the stretch goal after you're at the top of the pile? Is it to stay at the top of the pile for as long as you choose? Or, or is there something beyond that for you in terms of what, what's getting you up in the morning now and getting you hit in the road for your training? Yeah, look, um, I mean, you know, you guys will, will have a bit to do with, with that too in terms of, you know, away from boxing, just getting into something that I really enjoy doing mm -hmm. and spending a bit more time doing that. And, um, you know, boxing in the next... Uh, like, I've just... A fighter from Ireland called Gary Cully put something beautifully. He said he signed with Matchroom, which are the biggest promoters in the world. And he so, said, so you've just recently, you're with Eddie and Barry Hearn with Matchroom. I've just signed with And them. you've got a three fight. A three fight, yeah. a, a multi fight deal. So every time mm. if I win one, I'll get it. So, so, but there's three deals, there's three fights on the table now, regardless. And as that other fighter put there, he said, he said, this for me as a boxer is like signing for Manchester United, mm. whereas kids would dream for. And he's right. And this is, mm. I've literally now just got that. You know, I've mm. been, I've been away in Australia. I've come to Europe. I've come to Mexico. I've come to America. I was, in, I won a North American title back in 2015. Mm. You know, so I've been there. I've won nearly, I've won all the continental titles I could get my hands on. It was just that elusive world title, nearly like when I was a kid with that Irish title till, till it happened for me through, through, through perseverance and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. So what's the stretch goal? Is it, yeah. is it, is it to, is it oh, to okay. have a... So it, yeah, so it's to, it's to now, so the, the guy that I'm fighting next and defending against in Ireland, he's ranked third in the world. Uh, in another sanctioning body, and I believe that a good win against him, I could be fighting for for a unified nice. title. It's the goal. As long as I'm feeling good, it's to get money that I can actually. Now I'll never stop doing anything because I know, I know you get old when you stop. It's not it's not you stop when you get old. So mm. I understand that, and I got a lot of a lot of other stuff that I want to do. You know, public speaking being one of them and all this. But but I've got this dream, of of accumulating enough money that I, that I don't have to do, 
but 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 I will do stuff anyway. Setting up my family and um, and doing stuff that I want to do on a daily basis, and uh, and that's what I'm following right now. And you know, this this fight deal will provide that. Mm-hmm. What you guys do with Australian uh, uh, investing uh, will will provide that. And I'm just um, and I'm just slowly plodding along, making it a reality. Mm. I think it's a fascinating journey, and sometimes that chapter after the career is probably the most exciting chapter of being a, a dad and your girls are pretty, they're six and four roughly, five and four? Five and three. Five and three, we're yeah. close. Um, is gonna keep you on your toes for a long, long time, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I hope they bring some good boys home when they get older, because I can imagine <laughs> they open the door and you're there. <laughs> They'd be dropping off, not picking up. Yeah. But so putting that to the side, yeah. um, this has been really fascinating to get inside the head of a, a true champion. As I say, people throw the term, oh, get a champ around. Uh, it's an Australian term, but in this instance, it's most sincerely uh, the way to describe the man who is the world boxing champion. It's an incredible accolade to have a well-earned one. It's not happened by accident, but I think that level of resilience that you've demonstrated throughout your career um, is is a muscle memory and a, and a skill set that's got you to where you are. And I, I certainly hope in the next three fights as I enjoy watching them, you get to show the rest of the world what Dennis Hogan is capable of. So thank you so much for joining us today on Money and Investing. Dennis, it's been an interesting journey since we've known each other. It's been great to see your career reach the level it has and look forward to seeing what happens next. So thanks a million for joining us, my friend. Thank you very much, Andrew, for everything you do with this as well. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So there you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.